The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Praise the name of the Lord. Please be seated in his presence. Amen. Um, let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 26. I want to also thank and, and just say a big God bless you to everyone in this house, the leaders in the house who are uh, making what is happening here. If any pastor knows that a church is only as good as the people holding up the pastor's hands. Amen. You can have vision, have dream. If the people refuse to support you, you are on your own. So God bless you all. God strengthen you, mas, brothers, sisters. And um, may God respond to you every time you call in Jesus' name. Genesis 26 from verse 1 to 4. Let's read from verse 1 to 4. And then we will read uh, a few verses from verse 12 to 22 very quickly. Let's read together. Genesis 26, verse 1 to 4. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, um, unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. May that be your testimony in the name of Jesus. How many people believe that you are made to be a blessing to your world? Not just to Lekki, you know. Not just to Lagos. Not just to Nigeria. May your life be a fragrance to the nations in Jesus' name. I want you to hold on to God and say, I'm not going to go until you make me a blessing to my world. To the nations of the earth. That is the covenant we have in Abraham. Verse 12. Then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great for he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants and the philistines envied him for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of abraham his father the philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth and abimelech said to isaac go from us for thou art much mightier than we and isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of gera and dwelt there and isaac digged again the wells of the water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdsmen of Gerah did strive with Isaac's herdsmen and say, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well. And for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us. And we shall be fruitful in the land. 
no matter what is happening in our world today, God will make room for you. Do you believe that? Your amen sounds like you're not so sure. God will make room for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We live in very uh, challenging times. Things are pretty difficult now. Um, I was with some friends of mine um, in the last few days. I don't remember where. And, and, and one of them said, even to go to, I won't mention the place so that you won't be afraid. You know, some of these big shopping malls that we go to. The guy said, even to go there, he's afraid now because you don't know uh, what's going to happen. Um, and then over this last week, there's always been this stuff, uh, talk about the, the virus, uh, the Ebola virus. And we trust God that God will arrest the spread of that virus in Jesus' name. If you are a businessman or a professional in Nigeria today, you also will agree with me that the business world is a bit challenging at this time. Tough times are not a new thing. They're not, they're not a new phenomenon at all. From the time of the Bible, from Abraham's time to Isaac's time, things have been so severe that people sometimes wonder what to do. Isaac had such a hard time that he wanted to bail out to Egypt. He wanted to go to a place that he felt that you know, there would be more prosperity there. But the Bible tells us in the passage that we read that in that same season and in that same land where things were difficult, somehow Isaac prospered. The Bible says he went forward and became great until he became very great. The Bible said he got what fold? A hundredfold harvest in the place where there was famine, in the place where there was drought. I pray that the same God who prospered Isaac against all odds will prosper you in Jesus' name. I say God will prosper you in Jesus' name. Some years ago, about two years ago, I was at a dinner party. And I was sitting next to a friend of mine, an older friend who was also a pastor and who was also a consultant. And much, much senior to me, you know. And we were talking. I said, so how was your year? Uh, I was late, late November. How are things with you? And for 20 minutes, nonstop, literally, this guy filled me with tales of how tough the year had been. He, he used to be a senior executive with a particular company, and it was, I mean, I thought I, he had a great life. But he opened up to me and said, Shola, you don't know how tough things are. I had to keep my mouth shut. Because that year was a major, major uh, success for me. Last night I was speaking at a church, at a, to a group of workers in a church. And a guy had invited me and, you know, to speak in his church. And, you know, I, I got there earlier than we started. He lives on this side of town. I live on the other side of town, okay, across the bridge. <laughs> and... and he looked me in the face. Now, men don't usually admit easily that things are rough. You know, women, easy. That's why the prayer meetings are full of more women than men. Men, I say, until their head is bleeding, they won't come. It's when the thing is bleeding, then they will come. This guy looked me in the face. He said, surely be. That's what my friends call me. He said, man, things are rough. Rough. Now, that's not what has happened to me this year at all. And that's why I want to pray for someone here today. As I prayed for my friend yesterday. 
I pray that whatever is happening in the environment, your case will be different. Do you believe that God can give you a unique testimony so that you can be a blessing to other people? That's what will happen for you in Jesus' name. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible tells us that nothing that happens is new. He said there is no temptation that has come that is not common to man. The tough times in Isaac's time, in our time today, have always been there. The good news is that God has promised in that same passage in 1 Corinthians 10 that he will provide the grace, the enablement, and then the way, the grace, the supernatural enablement, and then the physical way, the the way for you to escape it. As the Lord lives, you will come out on top in Jesus' name. Not only will God supply grace for you to endure it, but he will also give you the wisdom and the direction for you to come out on the other side shining in the name of Jesus. So we have no question in our minds that God will make a way for us. Amen? We have no question in our minds that God has great plans for us. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, he makes it very clear. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards who? You. Thoughts of what? Good and not of evil. To give you an expected end. You will not come to an unexpected end in Jesus' name. God has a prepared testimony for you. There is a door, a place where God has prepared for you. And that place is going to take you there in Jesus' name. Anyone who knows God at all, a little, must remember that God loves us more than we love ourselves. If you, all you need to do to get evidence for that is to go to Genesis 1 and read the account of creation. And read Genesis 2. When God made the Garden of Eden, he made it so beautiful. He made it, uh, you know, like when you create a palace for your son. Everything was really, really well set up. And then he brought his creation, Adam, in. So God has a plan for us. God has something in store for us. He said to us, Though your beginning may be small. He said, your latter end shall be greatly enlarged. He said, a little one among you shall become a thousand. He said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We all had different relationships with our parents. I was particularly close to my father. I was the last born for seven years, and then they gave back to my younger brother. So I went everywhere with my father, and he loved me specially. I miss him greatly. My mom and I, we are okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think it's because she was the one that used to beat me <laughs> when I was a kid. We have, we, I, I love her, I honor her, but you know, my father and I were closer. Now, why am I saying that? I have, because of that relationship, I have a deep understanding, a personal understanding of God as father. That God means, when the Bible says God will not withhold anything good from you, I know that it is true. I have tasted things in my life that tell me that this God, how could you love me so? Is there anybody who has experienced God like that as well? The tender, loving care of God. If you have not, you will begin to enjoy it from today in Jesus' name. The problem for many of us is that while that grace exists, while that, while that testimony exists, many of us do not know how to access that goodness. We don't know how to access, okay, things are rough for me, God. What do I do? 
So the grace of God is there, but many of us don't know how to experience that grace. We don't know how to get into that place. Your father has a billion dollars in the bank for you, but you don't even know the way to the bank. So what I want to do over the next 25, 30 minutes is to try to share with us three insights of that way of escape to prosper when things are really, really rough. Things can be rough maritally. Things can be rough professionally. Things can be rough economically. You can start a business and you're wondering, <laughs> I thought they said it was profitable and it's not happening. What can I do to access what God has prepared for me? Number one, the first insight I want to share uh, as I have been taught by the Holy Spirit is to reinvent yourself. Look at your neighbor for me and say reinvent yourself. If you take time to study, and this is something that we don't do a lot in Africa, in, in the black race. If you take time to study people who have succeeded spiritually, professionally, even maritally, and you take a good look at them, you will discover that where you left them last year is not where they are today. Somehow they have an uncanny ability. Look at companies that succeed. They somehow have an uncanny ability to reinvent themselves. The organizations that fail are those organizations who just refuse to change. They refuse to reinvent themselves. Isaac was going in a particular direction to Egypt. This was his direction. And God said, no, 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 stay there. For some of us, reinvention means stay put. In Abraham, his father's case, the reinvention was you've lived too long in your father's house. You're 75 now. It's time to do what? Get out of your father's house. Change your friends. Change your company. Get out of your country. And I will take you to a land that I will show you. Have you ever wondered what would have happened to Abraham if Abraham had been afraid to leave home? He would have died a pauper. He would have died his father's boy at the same 175. <laughs> and nothing much would have happened for him. So when God ordered Isaac to stay put, God was talking to a man that was close to 80 years old. Some of us are not 80. I don't see many 80-year-olds here if there's any. <laughs> Some of us are 40, 30, and it is a long time you reinvented yourself. Isaac was 80, close to 80, and yet he was able to receive an instruction to say, sit down like a little boy. Just like his father. His father was 75, and yet God was able to instruct him to go. Have you ever thought about the trauma of leaving home at 75. All the friends, I mean 75 in Abraham's time is the same 75 today, believe me. So don't think that, you know, 75 was maybe seven and a half or something. He had, he was, he had a life, but he was still willing to change. In Genesis 17, 24, you thought God was done with Abraham. God said to him again, if I'm going to really, really bless you, I need you to circumcise yourself. Do you know that it was, I mean, you're talking about circumcision. Not only did he ask him to circumcise himself, he also asked him to change his word. Name from Abraham to Abraham. There are many of us here, the, the need to change your name from a name that speaks evil into your life 
is so monumental for you and yet you want to change. God said to Abraham, from now on, no more Abraham. You are now Abraham. And Abraham said, yes, Lord. Not long after the testimony came. As you purpose in your heart from today to reinvent yourself, that thing you have been waiting for will manifest in Jesus' name. If you want to prosper in difficult times, you must be ready to reinvent yourself. To start again. To learn again. You don't have to start against everything. Some people will say, Pastor, thank you very much. I'm going to start my marriage again. I need to take a new wife. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> you heard the man of God. <laughs> I have a new status now. <laughs> no, no. That's, that one is for a better for worse. You need to reinvent in the marriage. Why do we need to reinvent our lives? Why is there a need for change? You see, the maker of heaven and earth created the world in a very unique way. He created the world to be in cycles, in peaks and troughs, mountains and valleys. Ask anybody who knows anything about businesses. Ask anything, anybody who knows anything about physiology, about your body. They will tell you that everything in life follows what we call the normal distribution. Where you are growing, then you get to a point in your life where you what? You begin to peak. And then if you allow the pattern to flow naturally, the natural thing that will happen is that there will be decline. When I started working in 1990, I know the people who are stars in Lagos in different industries. I mean, one day my wife and I were coming from you know, some country, I don't remember where, and I looked in our cabin, which was premium economy for young boys, you know. And in that, that, that cabin was a man who was a group CEO of one of the most successful banks when I started working. This was maybe about three years ago. I said to my wife that this is what I'm talking about. This man, I'm sure, if they were buying jets in that time, he would have bought a jet. But somehow, the seasons have changed. You may be here today and your season has changed from the peak to decline. Because our God is more than the natural and in the power of resurrection, even the dead can come back to life. You are going to rise again. I say you will rise again in the name of Jesus. But that's the natural order. In Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, God spoke about that natural order. He said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat. And summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. That's why the choir said, I got my seed in the ground. I'm waiting for my harvest. <laughs> because if you, put the, 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 you follow the time of the seed, you can be sure that the harvest is going to come. That's the natural order of things. The cycle starts with growth, peak, and then decline. Careers are like that. Marriages are like that. Everything is like that. If you want to keep prospering, you must identify the point at which you need to reinvent yourself. And you must try as much as possible to do it before decline sets in. There are some of us here who, like I said earlier, decline has already set in. But in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the power in the name of Jesus will raise you up again in the name of Jesus. There's a great song we sing, a Hillsong song that said, I will rise. We know that song? I will rise. You will rise again in the mighty name of Jesus. If you want to keep prospering in life, 
so that no matter which season you are in, you must be willing to learn new things. You must be willing to make new friends. You must be willing to, to try new things and break new grounds. There are some of us who are trusting God for one thing or the other. Let's say, for example, I am trusting God for a husband, just as an example. So somebody said to me over this week, he said, Shola, you go to help me. I have this sister who's 40. She's crying every day because since she, become, she became 40. She needs a husband. So I, I should bring... <laughs> so I'm using start to tell me. So, so the man said to me, I will set her up. I will set them up. I said, I will give them a car. I will do anything. Just bring the guy. So when I went to see the fellow, I said to him, I don't have anybody, but I have insight. I said, let this girl go on vacation. Because she, she works for this fellow, and she never sees the four walls of, you know, she never sees beyond the four walls. The same people, you know, you know familiarity breeds, uh, and the same people have been seeing her for many years, almost 20 years or so now. Let her make friends. And so we went. So he said, okay, follow me. Let's go and talk to her. So we went. And he said, so I gave them advice. I said, let her go to London or the U.S. You know, just go and chill. We have friends there. Just go and chill. Make new friends. There are many people there. You know, I'm sure Pastor Paul is married. You know, <laughs> Pastor Femi who came forward, I'm sure he's married. But there are many people in the U.S. who are looking for wife. You know? They don't want to marry all these Akata people. So I said, let her just go there and relax and travel the world. You know? So the man said, yeah, it's true. Oh, it's true. It's true. So we went to see the lady. And we asked the lady. We said, they said, do you have a passport? She said, the passport is spoiled. <laughs> okay, do you have visa? I said, I have UK visa. But the passport inside it, that is inside, is spoiled. US visa? No, 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 I don't have. So we started, you know, they said, go and work on the process. What am I trying to say? So there's some of us, we are believing God for one thing or other, but we don't know how to make new friends. It's time to make a new friend. I'm not asking you to go and tell them I want to marry. No, no, just make a new friend. Rebecca was ready to make a new friend. That's how she married the most eligible man in town. Correct? Yeah, Abraham's servant was a messenger. Praise the name of the Lord. That must be a word for someone here. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Because I didn't plan to say that at all. Revention, reinvention means different things to different people. To the one whose life is outside the word of God, who is living independent of God's counsel, your reinvention simply means to turn your back to a lifestyle that God disapproves of. You know the story of the prodigal son. He understood Jaye Jaye life, you know, just rocking life. Give me your inheritance, let me rock. That was a model that worked. But you see, that model can work for a season of grace. After some time, God will say, every man must come to repentance. So the money ran out, grace ran out, and he saw himself going from being a celebrity of, of eating and whining and dining at the best parties, he saw himself eating pig food. He was about to start eating pig food, which would have been the end of his life. Because, you know, pig food is not for human beings. <laughs> but then, I'm sure the same Holy Spirit who gave me this message spoke to his heart and said, wait a second. I don't have to go like this. 
I can go back home. I don't have to continue in this path. I have a father who loves me. He even loves slaves, our slaves. I'm sure our slaves are eating better. So he went back to his father. And what did he meet at home? Rebuke or celebration? Celebration. The devil will tell you that if you come to Jesus, if you live with God, you will suffer. One of the greatest regrets that I have in my life is that it took me 25 years. I was 20, almost 26 before I gave my life to Jesus. I, I, I have never, ever, I never thought that it would be so good. I thought that it was limiting because some people made me feel so. The devil would say, no, you won't be able to drink, you won't be able to smoke, you won't be able to humanize. I didn't know that if you marry the right woman and you enjoy her, you can have the purest sex in the world without any condemnation. And my own addition to that series. <laughs> if you want your wife to look as good as my wife, follow the example past, you know, pure sex. You know, she, it's nourishing. That's research has found that. Sorry about that. <laughs> you want a new season in your life, you need to reinvent by coming back home. I told the people in the first service a little bit about my life. I left university when I was 19, going on 20. Grace maybe came from God's grace upon my father who served the Lord. Grace, I got into the bank industry, made a lot of money. Don't ask me how that was in history. Okay? By the time I was 21, believe me, I know you won't believe it, but just believe me, I was a millionaire. I mean, I, I had three cars. I mean, I was good. I was kosher. And then everything came down like the prodigal son. And I suddenly found myself who would go to London on holiday and bankroll the people in London on holiday. I went to London and I became, I went from being a cleaner. The last bus stop was, um, <laughs> was at his, as a factory attendant. I, I packing, a packer. We call them packers. Some of you may have done that work before. Believe me, my salary, my, my salary, when I told them in church a few days ago, some people were almost cried in a new church with pastors, so they didn't know the story before. My high salary, three pounds, 80 per hour. Three what? Pounds. Do you know there will be some times I will want to eat McDonald's. That's what they say they call it. I used to call it McDonald's. You know, I want to eat a burger. You know, this, you know, Big Mac. I want to eat a Big Mac, which was one pound something. To get one pound. If I use one pound to eat burger, no boss tomorrow. <laughs> And then I heard this kind of message that you can reinvent yourself. You can go back home. This, the ship doesn't have to sink with you. And so I came back home. I came back to Jesus. Ah, the story has changed. Oh, yes. Have there been challenges? Yes, there have been challenges. But God has been extremely, extremely good. Believe me, if you reinvent yourself and come back to God, the one who made you in the first place, your life will change. In Acts chapter 3 verse 19, Acts three nineteen, he says, if you repent and you are converted, he says, number one, your sins will be blotted out. And then times of refreshing. Guys, there's something called times of refreshing. Times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Do you know the very next time I went into London, after I gave my life to Christ, I had a car, a, a, a driver, a white man, driving me for two weeks by myself. I didn't get a new passport, the same passport, but I was saved now and the story has changed. I will be walking in the office of my client and the driver will say, won't you? I say, I'm not ready. I'm just sending an email. I will send an email to my wife at home. 
But this boy could not afford bus pass before, just two years before. If you will reinvent yourself by coming back to the one who created you and say, from now on, Lord, I want to walk with you. Times of refreshing would come into your life. In Proverbs 28 verse 13, he says, he that covers his sin, he that continues to do the same thing and expects that he will prosper. He said he will not prosper. We even know that in business. We say it's madness to be doing the same thing again and again and expect a different result. He said that's madness. Proverbs 28 verse 18 says, The one who confesses and forsakes his sin shall have what? Mercy. And I hope you know that without mercy you can't succeed. The Bible says it's not of him that wills or runs. It is the Lord that shows mercy. May the Almighty God bestow his mercy upon you today in Jesus' name. This means that if you continue to live against God's word, tough times can actually become terminal times. Many people don't know that when things are bad, they can actually become extremely bad. The, for many people, it's like a shock. You know, the doctors say there's nothing like sudden death. They say there's nothing like that. They said the best people who die suddenly, they, they have, the body has been warning them, but they just ignored the warning. God is saying to someone here today, that sign of decay, that sign of stagnation, that sign of delay that you see, if you are not in Jesus, can actually become worse. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is what? Hard. But if you come back home, God has the ability to bring water out of a rock. And he will do so for someone here today in Jesus' name. To, for some of us here, reinventing ourselves is not about salvation because we are already, in fact, we are, our name is Jesus. You know, Shola Jesus. We are, you know, we are very holy and very passionate. For, and that's a good thing. What we need to do, it may mean going back to school to learn a new skill. I want you to cast your mind back about how many industries, how many organizations have crashed over the years that used to be successful. The banks that lead today in Nigeria, I mean, who would have thought that a 25-year-old bank will give a 100-year-old bank a run for its money? But that's what happens when people go to sleep and they don't do what? Reinvent themselves. Some of us may need to go back to work. I love entrepreneurship. I've been an, entrepreneurship, uh, an entrepreneur for the last 13 years. I think it's great. But for some of us, God's plan for our lives is to rise to the peak of our careers working for someone. Don't let anybody deceive you that all of us must be entrepreneurs. Some of us can't sell, a, can't sell water to a, a thirsty man. We don't, we are not, that's not our calling. I was saying in the first service about a friend of mine, a member of our church, one of the most brilliant and articulate men I have seen. I'm a consultant, so we're supposed to be a bit intelligent. But this guy, he can match spreadsheets. He's very, very analytical. So for many years, he had a company, a group of companies. was chairman, president of a group of companies. But the problem was as president of a group of companies, he was not able to pay his bills. I mean, things got so bad at a time, he couldn't even pay his rent. We had to come together. President of group of... He had, if you are looking for finance, he had company water company, insurance, training, he had everything. So when he got close to me, you know, you know, after the preaching on the pulpit, once in a while we talked to some people. So I called him and said, oh God, this thing is getting out of hand. 
you are so skilled. You got an MBA. You, you are almost a fellow. I'm sure he's a fellow by now. Or, or chartered accountant. I said, why don't you go and sell this? High? People will pay good money for these skills. Eventually, he took the advice. When his head was almost bleeding, he didn't take it immediately. The day they gave him his package and he came to tell me about it, he, he was almost crying. I said, maybe yours is to invest these resources. But for some of us here, it's time to, 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 to face reality and say, look, let me go and humble myself. Maybe I need to go back to school and learn a new skill, learn a new language, learn a new skill set, make a new friend. It may be tough. You may even have to take a drop in status. But please create a new curve for yourself before things get out of hand. And the almighty God himself will promote you in Jesus' name. Secondly, reapply yourself. The second insight. The way to enter that grace to prosper, even in difficult times, reapply yourself. And I'm going to run through this because the big thing is the invention. You see, when God told Isaac to change course, I said, no, don't go to Egypt, stay here. Let's face these people here and win the battle here. He also led him to reapply himself with what he had. The Bible said in John 20, Genesis 26 verse 12 that Isaac sowed in that land. He sowed in that land. What kind of land was this? This was a land of famine. This was a land where there was drought. But yet he sowed in that land. When things seem to be the, at the worst for you, that's the time you must keep sowing what you have. It's a trick of the devil. When people go through hard times, then they begin to cut back. They cut back on God. They cut back on, you know, you say, let's pray. They say, Pastor, this is not a matter of prayer. Ah, that's the time you need to pray more. <laughs> because we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. That's the time to invest in the right places. Joseph, could, sorry, Isaac could have eaten his seed. He could have said, oh, but this is the time make, let, to thy tent, O Israel. Let everybody eat the one they have in their hand. No, 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 no. God helped Isaac. And the Bible says he sowed in that land. All through the Bible, there is abundant evidence that people who reapply themselves, themselves in times of difficulty always come out on top. Abraham at 99 reapplied himself to Love making to his wife who was 90 years old. And what came out? Laughter. Not just Isaac. Laughter came out. In the life of someone here who will purpose to reapply himself today, you will laugh last. I say you will laugh last in Jesus' name. When Isaac came, and he was an only child, his father sold him again. Abraham understood these principles. In Genesis 22, verse 16 to 18, God was so excited at that demonstration of faith that God said, by myself I swear that inside blessing I will bless you. In 1 Kings 17 verse 9 to 16, you will see the story of the widow of Zarephath. She was at her lowest. She had her last meal and she was going to die after eating that meal. She prophesied to herself, let me eat this meal and die with my son. But God sent a word to her through Elijah. And she sold her last. And the Bible says that was not her last. You may think that if you strike one more time, you will die. No, you will not die. This time around, you will strike oil in Jesus' name. I have a friend 
who by the grace of God is involved in uh, all prospecting. He's, he's, he's a big boy. You know, the package investors to buy all the marginal oil fields in Nigeria is selling. So they bought one early this year and we were fellowshipping together. And I said, oh, that means our money has come. I mean, <laughs> you know, we can start selling oil. And I said, no, 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 Shola. He said, we're going to drill this thing for the next five years before it generates commercial quantity. He said, they're going to be investing for the next five years. But when they, when they finish that investment, that's generational wealth that has been created. The people who really succeed in life, no matter the time, is, are the people who keep applying themselves, keep applying themselves in the right direction. It may be tough giving your time or your depleted resources when things are tough. But Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6 says in, in Technicolor, in black and white, it says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. It may be tough loving a man who is absolutely unlovable. It may be tough loving a wife who is absolutely unlovable. But hey, if you will press on and press on doing what God asks you to do, you will laugh last in the name of Jesus. Verse 6 says, He that goes forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall without any doubt come again with rejoicing, bringing his shoes with him. And I know there is someone in this auditorium today who came here literally at their last beat that they are going to end this thing. They are going to end it. I believe that God is saying to you today that if you will just give it one more try and stay there, you will come and testify in this auditorium that God had given me a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Finally, reinvent, reapply, and refuse to give up. It's good to read. When I was very young, I read a book, Tough Times Never Last. But tough people do. I want you to be persuaded in your heart that if you are a child of God, no matter how many disappointments or detours you face, all things will work out for your good. In the name of Jesus. Also, as a little boy, I read a poem on the, on the, you know, in a book which you can pull off the internet now that is titled, Don't Quit. And there are many things I love in that poem. But I want to read a line to you from the last verse of it. It says, success is failure turned inside out. It says, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell. I love that line. It has worked for me so many times. I've been an entrepreneur for 13 years and I know what it means to go through a rough season. I know. But somehow, with heads bloodied, with sometimes when we are not able to afford the basic things like fixing your car. Where we, you know, just yesterday morning, as we were going out after the environmental, and I started my car, and it was a full tank. You know, I, I celebrate little things, you know. I'm just like a child. I said to my wife, thank God there, was, there were times in our lives that we didn't have, we had to pray that the fall would take us to where we're going. <laughs> I said, Thank God I can put on my car now and I don't have to think about that. I don't have to think about the things that were big to me in the past. You never know how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far, the poem says. It says, so stick to the fight when you are hardest hit. It's when things seem worse 
that you must not quit. Ask those who read geography like me. At the thickest point of the night, the dawn breaks. It is when darkness is at its peak, then the dawn begins. Someone may be here going through a very, very dark night, but dawn is coming. That's what God says. He says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He says, when things seem worse, that you must not quit. Brethren, the Bible also says clearly that God does not like quitters. When you are in the right direction with God, you are a child of God, and God says this is what to do, and then you quit, it's an expression of a lack of faith in God. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 39, Hebrews 10, 35 to 39, the Bible says, I have no pleasure in those who draw back. Don't quit. Don't even take it easy. <laughs> God never prospers easy peasy people. Oh, rest if you must. Take a vacation. Take one day off. Take a week off. But come back again. Recharged. If you want God's unlimited power to prosper you in life, you must become a diehard fellow. Isaac was a diehard fellow. They kept blocking his wells. Blocking his wells. Block. The man could have said, oh no, and started crying. He kept digging. And eventually he got to Rehoboth. He said, God has made room for us. God will make room for you in Jesus' name. David, one of my favorite people in the Bible, they burnt his camp, took away his wife, stunk everything. The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then he looked up to God and said, God, what will I do? You will have thought that God will have said to him because of the way we think about God, don't worry, I'll do another one. God said no. Pursue! Overtake! And you'll recover all. God is saying to someone here, go for it. Go for it. How many people know that you cannot fail with God on your side? You will fail if God is not on your side. Sure, if I, you fail before you say, but if God is on your side, no matter the mountain. You say, who are you, O mountain? You fall Zerubbabel. You shall become a plain. Only persist in prayer. In Luke 18, 1 to 8, God says, we give good gifts to our children. So how much more will God give good gifts to those of us who avenge us, who will he avenge us speedily, who cry to him day and night. Persist in prayer. Persist in worship. Persist in Bible study. Persist in giving yourself. It's not the time when things are slow for you. Say, Pastor, I'm not coming to church. I'm depressed. You just added another five months to the, the testimony. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stay there. Be weeping. Be crying. But just keep doing it. And all of a sudden, the dawn will break. Reinvent yourself. If you have to become a student again, if you, ha if you have to go to a pastor and say, Pastor, I want to know this Jesus afresh. I want to go to New Believers class again. You know, some people come to our church and say, oh, you know, I want to join you and say, you know, you got to go through the process. I know I was a pastor where I'm coming from. <laughs> they say, see me this pastor. If they say I should baptize, they get baptized seven times. If I would really love to be in New Believers class, I don't have to prepare any sermon. I've just been <laughs> just, just enjoying life. Amen. Reinvent yourself. Learn something new. I want you to make a resolution today. That before this year is out, you will do something new for yourself. The grace is there. God has a well of grace. There's so much. If, if, you know, maybe when the time comes, you know, we'll come and share, or Pastor will share with you this big step. The kind of things that have happened for us when we started on that big step, 
they, we would never even have had an opportunity to smell it if we had not said, we are going to be 44. I am going to be 44 this year, but I'm going to try again. I'm going to give it another shot. Praise the name of the Lord. Would you have known that God could do this in God's favorite house if you have not tried? If you had not said, I'm going to trust God. You never know what God has behind. He's got ahead for you. Amen? Start with reinventing yourself. And for some people here today, I believe that the first point of reinvention is to reinvent your relationship with God. Because all these things will be a waste, a futile exercise, if God does not consider you as one of his own. God is very shrewd. He can make it to rain on one side of town and make it to be completely dry on another side. I pray that from this morning onwards, in your life, the heavens will always be open in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray for a moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Most High God. Let's have some music. Thanks. I want you to meditate over what you've heard today. Everyone that you saw who kept soaring, rising high above every cloud of adversity, you will find that, that they had an amazing ability to reinvent themselves, to readapt, to transform. And that way they were able to thrive, whether it was the winter or the summer. God is here today, desperate to bring you into the place that he has prepared for you. But he wants you to draw closer. I want you to meditate. And ask yourself, what's, what's the Lord saying to me? Don't just say, oh, that was an inspiring message. What was God? What will the Lord have you do today? What is your response to this word today? And even as you meditate, I'd like to pray with two people today. Two groups of people. You are here today. You look at your life and you can see that these adverse times, these challenging situations of life have actually got you. Maybe it's not in business. You're doing well in business, but hey, the Bible says because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's in your career. You just wonder why things seem to have slowed down. And somehow you remember that there was a time when it seemed as if every obstacle in your way was clearing up. But then you realize that you drifted away from God. You drifted away from the place of fellowship. And so the Lord is saying to you today, come, come, come back. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not even going to ask you where you have been. I know. I just want you closer. 
He wants you back in his inner courts where there is fullness of joy. So that's the first category of people. If you are here today and you want to return, you want to reinvent yourself by returning to the Lord so that the times can be refreshing again, so that God's grace and power can reach you. The Bible says outside are the dogs. Only the crumbs are meant for the dogs. You look at your life, it looks as if it's the crumbs coming at you. And you're saying, no, I'm a son. I'm supposed to enjoy sonship and daughterhood. If you want to come back to an intimate relationship with Jesus today, you want to reinvent yourself, you want to give your life to Jesus afresh, would you please lift up your hand so that we can pray together? Lift up that hand above your head so that someone, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Keep it up. God bless you, my brother. Keep it up. Part of reinvention is that you got to be bold now. Tell, tell, tell the devil I'm now on the Lord's side. And God said if the Lord, the Bible says the Lord be for us. Who can be against us? Who? Keep that hand up so that we can see your hand. Once you've got a card in your hand, you can put it down. Once you've got a card in your hand, you can put it down. Is there any other person? Hey, I'm going to make this, that call because that's the most important. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Father. God bless you. I want to make it clear. The Bible says, except the Lord builds a house. Those who are laboring are just laboring in vain. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. When I came back to Jesus, help came for me. Help came. So if you are here, maybe you've given your life to him before, but you've drifted. Or you've never ever enjoyed intimacy with God. And you are saying, I want today to be my new start with God. My fresh start with God. So that my story can change. Would you please lift up your hand wherever you are. We'd like to pray with you. This is the final call for salvation. For rededication. For renewal with Jesus. Keep it up. God bless you. God bless you. And you can put your hand down if you already have a card, a decision card. And if, you, if God still speaks to you and you don't have a card, leave it, just keep it up and the ushers will put a card in your hand. But the final call I want to make, God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. The final call I want to make is for people. Pastor, you said I should reapply myself. <laughs> I am in deficit. I, my strength is gone. I have lost hope. I'm tired. I've been there. And believe me, once in a while I still go there too. Where you are spent. The Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I want to pray with you today. We as a church want to pray with you for fresh strength. Fresh strength to strike again so that you can hit oil fresh strength to pray again until the door is open unto you. So I want to pray with you. You are here today. You are spent. Reapply myself. Don't give up. Pastor, I gave up before I came here. We want to pray with you as a church. There's strength in unity. We want to stand with you and pray with you that the God of heaven will send strength to you so that you will be able to win at last. So those of us who came here today and we're saying, Lord, I need strength. I need strength. Strength to carry on in this marriage. Strength to apply for this school. I've been 
denied so many times I want to try. Strength to apply for this visa. Strength to ask this girl again in marriage. Strength to go on for another month. I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to come forward. I want you to come forward very quickly. You want us to pray together with you? I need strength. I need strength. Strength. And if you receive the decision card in your hand, I want you to also join them because the pastors in charge of counseling would like to pray with you and, 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 and be a source of strength and, and a companion with you. Thank you, Father. I'm, 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 I'm tired. I've had it. Lord, I need strength. Believe me, even pastors go through that situation. But God strengthens us. We go to God and he gives us strength for another day. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, if you are holding a decision card, where, where should they go? There's a pastor standing behind you. Am I correct? The, just, yeah, he will be waving his hand uh, just right behind you. Um, if you just go, I think they will give you a, a pack, a packet. But I want all of us to stand together. The early church had all things in common. They didn't just have prosperity in common. When one was weak, the stronger helped the weak. So I want every one of us to, if you want to stretch your hands towards our brothers and sisters, if you want to lift it up to God as an intercessor, let's pray to God for our brothers and sisters. Weakness is a bad place to be in. Those who win are those who can endure till the end. That's what Jesus said. I want us to pray with them that the Lord will send strength to our brothers and sisters. Lord, send strength to your people. Strength, oh Lord. Grace, Lord. Let your oil of joy come instead of weakness, oh Lord. Instead of mourning, give them a garment of praise, oh Lord. Where there had been weakness, Lord, let your strength let your strength come. Father, Lord, everyone who is weary and spent here today, Lord, release strength unto them. Strength to press on. Press strength to try again. Strength to forget the past and brace up for the next chapter of their lives. To believe God to do a new thing. To believe God to open a new door. To believe God to knock on a new door. Strength strength. You need strength from God to break new waters. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. You are the strength of the weak. The help of the helpless. Send help to us. Send strength to us. The situation of our lives in these end times can cause many to despair. But Lord, we ask you for help. We ask for strength. And as you, those of us in front, I want you to be specific be specific. Tell God I need strength in my marriage. I need strength in my health. I need strength in my career. Thank you, Father. In my work with you, I need strength. I need strength. I need encouragement, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, we bless your name. Only you knows where we all are as individuals. No matter how well-dressed or how cool we look, 
You are the one who knows the emptiness inside, the despair in our hearts. And we thank you, Lord, even for ministering to us today. And Lord, we commend your sons and daughters to you, Lord. Your word says that you are the strength of the weak, the help of the helpless, the balm in Gilead. Lord, I ask for strength in agreement with every one of your children, Lord, for strength from above. I pray, Lord, that you will soothe every heart that is broken. Where there had been disappointment, Lord, let there be a new appointment. Where there is hopelessness, let there be new hope. New vigor, new passion, new zest for life, a new hunger and thirst for the new, Lord. I ask that you will pour into this your sons and daughters. We need all of us, Lord. Help us, Lord, even to overcome every adversity that comes our way. To sing the victor's song. Because in you we are more than conquerors. We thank you for what you've done already. Lord, we pray that the glory will be yours. That the testimonies will pour forth. Not just in this church, but in our offices. We will become people who will tell others that our God is faithful. That no matter how dark the night, the morning is going to be bright. Let the testimonies of your sons and daughters here today draw multitudes to you across the globe in Jesus name and Lord we thank you for the your sons and daughters that you've also drawn to yourself in a new walk with you in, in salvation, in redemption Lord we pray that you will plant their feet on the rock that they will be rooted in Christ, they will be rooted in your kingdom oh Lord, that you will help them Lord even to, to stay close to you no matter what Thank you, Heavenly Father. And Lord, as we all walk with you, let our lives begin to flourish. And no matter what we go through, Lord, let our flourishing be undeterred. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed.